Chapter 34 When they were gone, Elizabeth, as if intending to exasperate herself as much as possible against Mr Darcy, chose for employment the examination of all the letters which Jane had written to her since being in Kent. They contained no actual complaint, nor was there any revival of past occurrences or any communication of present suffering, but in all, and in almost every line of each, there was a want of cheerfulness which had been used to characterise her style, and which proceeding from the serenity of mind at ease with itself and kindly disposed towards everyone, just every sentence conveying the idea of uneasiness, that had an attention which it had hardly received in the first pursuit. But Mr Darcy's shameful boast of what misery he had been able to inflict gave her a keener sense for her sister's sufferings. It was some consolation to think that his visit to Rosings was to end on the day after the next, and still greater that in less than a fortnight she herself could be with Jane again, and unable to contribute to the recovery she of her spirits by all leaving Kent without remembering that his cousin was to go with him. But Colonel Fitzwilliam had made it clear that he had no intentions at all, and agreeable as he was, she did not mean to be unhappy about him. But settling this point, she suddenly heard the sound of the doorbell, and her spirits were a little fluttered by the idea of it being Colonel Fitzwilliam himself, who had once called late in the evening and might not come to inquire particularly about her. But the idea was soon banished, and her spirits were very differently affected, when to her utter amazement she saw... Mr. Darcy walked into the room. In a hurried manner, he immediately began to inquire after her health. She answered him with cold civility. He sat down for a few moments and then, getting up, walked to the room. Elizabeth was surprised but said not a word. After a silence of several minutes, he came towards her and said, In vain, I have struggled. I will not do. I have great feelings that are repressed. You must allow me to admire and love you. Elizabeth's astonishment was beyond expression. She stirred, coloured, doubted and was silence. This he considered sufficient encouragement and the avowal of what he felt and had long yeah, felt for her. But there was lots of feelings besides those of the heart to be detailed. And he was not more eloquent on the subject of tenderness than pride. His sense of her authority, of its being a degradation of family obstacles, which had always opposed the inclination, were dwelt on with a warm which seemed due to the consequence he was winding, but was very unlikely to recommend his suit. In spite of her deeply rooted dislike, she could not be insensible to the compliment of such a man's affection, and though her intentions did not vary for an instant, she was very sorry for the pain he was to receive, till rose to resentment by his subsequent language, and she lost all compassion and anger. She tried, however, to compose herself to answer him with patience, when he should have done. He concluded with representing her the strength of that attachment in spite of his endeavours he had found impos impossible to conquer and with expressing all hope and it would now be rewarded by her acceptance of his, of his hand. As she said, she could easily see that there was no doubt of favourable answer. He spoke of apprehension and anxiety, but the countenance expressed real security. Such a circumstance could only exasperate further, and when he ceased, 
the colour rose into your cheeks. I believe the established mode to express a sense of obligation of the settlements of owed. However, and equally they may be returned, it is a natural that obligation should be felt, and if it could feel gratitude, I would thank you, but I cannot. I have never desired a good opinion, and you have certainly bestowed it most unwillingly. I am sorry to have occasioned pain to anyone. It has been most unconsciously done. However, I hope I will be some sort of short duration. The feelings which you tell me have long prevented the acknowledgement of your regard, can have little difficulty in overcoming it after this explanation. But Mr Darcy, who was leaning against the mantelpiece with his eyes fixed on her face, seemed to catch her words which a less resentment than surprise. His complexion became pale with anger and a, and a disturbance of his mind was visible in every feature. He was struggling the appearance of composure and would not open his lips till he believed himself to have attained it. The pause was to Elizabeth's feelings dreadful. At length, with the voice of Bosch can apply, which I am expected to honour, I might perhaps wish to be informed why so little endeavour at civility I am thus rejected, but is it of small importance? I might as well inquire, she replied, but why so evident of a desire of offending and insulting me? But you choose and told me you like me against your will, against your reason, and even against your character. But this was some sort of excuse for incivility if I was uncivil. But I have other <laughs> provocations. You know I have. Had not my feelings decided against you, they had been indifferent, or had they ever been favourable? Do you not think that any consideration would tempt me to accept the man who has been the means of ruining, perhaps forever, the happiness of a most beloved sister? As she pronounced these words, but Mr. Darcy changed colour, but her emotion was short, and he listened without attempting to interrupt her while she con continued. I have every reason in a world of think ill of you. No motive can excuse the unjust and ungenerous part you acted here. How dare you? You cannot deny that you have been the principal, if not the only means of dividing them from each other, of exposing one to the censure of the world of caprice and instability, and the other to its decision for disappointed hopes and involving them both in misery of the acutest kind. No slight ignitation that he was listening with an air which proved wholly unmoved by a feeling of remorse. He had even looked at her with a smile of affected incredulity. Can you desire what you have done? She repeated. With assumed tranquillity he, re he replied, I have no wish of denying that I did everything in my power to separate my friend from your sister or that I rejoice in my success. Towards him, I have been kinder than towards myself. Elizabeth disdained the appearance of noticing this civil reflection. However, its meaning did not escape, nor was it likely to consolate her. But it was not merely this affair, she continued, on my dislike is founded. Long before it had taken place, my opinion of you was decided. But your character was unfolded in the recital which I received many 
months ago on this subject what can you have to say in what imaginary act of friendship can you defend yourself or under what misrepresentation can you hear impose interest in that gentleman's concerns said darcy in a less tranquil tone with a heightened color who that knows what his misfortunes can have been can help feeling an interest in him his misfortunes repeated darcy conceptually yes his misfortunes have been great indeed and for your infection cried elizabeth with energy you have reduced him to his present state of poverty you have withheld the advantages which you know have been designed for him you have deprived the best years of his life of that independence which was no less his due than his desert you have done all this and yet you treat the mention of his misfortune and contempt and ridicule and this cried darcy as he walked with quick steps across the room is your opinion of me this is the estimation in which you hold me i and thank you for explaining his calculation are heavily indeed but perhaps added he stopping in his walk and turning towards her these offensive might have been overlooked and not your pride have been hurt by my honest confession of the scruples that had prevented by forming any serious design these bitter accusations might have been suppressed had i with greater policy concerned my struggles and flattered you into the belief of my being impelled by unqualified unalloyed inclination by reason by reflection by everything but disguise of every sort of utterance nor am i ashamed of the feelings i related they are natural and just could you expect me to rejoice in the authority of your connections to congratulate myself on the hope of relations whose conditions in it's life is so disabled growing more me. angry every moment yet she tried to the utmost to speak with composure when she said you are mistaken mr darcy if you suppose that the mode of your declaration affected me in any other way than it has spurred the concern which i might have felt in refusing you had you behaved in a more gentleman-like manner she saw him at the start but he said nothing and she continued should you have not made the offer of your hand in any possible way that would have tempted me to accept it again his astonishment was obvious and he looked at her with an expression of mangled incredulity and mortification she went on from the very beginning from the first moment i may almost say of my acquaintance with you and your manners impressing me with the fullest belief of your arrogance and your conceit and your selfishness of the feelings of others which such as to form the, the groundwork of this disprobation on the succeeding events have built so movable the last man in the world whom i could ever be prevailed on to marry you've said quite enough madame i perfectly comprehend the feelings that you have and have now only to be ashamed on what i have done forgive me for having taken up so much of your time and accept my best wishes for your health and happiness and with these words he hastily left the room and elizabeth heard him the next moment open the front door she knew not to and support herself 
and from actual weakness sat down and cried for half an hour. Her astonishment, as she reflected on what had passed, was increased by every review of it. She should receive an offer of marriage from Mr Darcy, that he should have been in love with her for so many months, so much in love to wish to marry her in spite of all the obligations which he had made to prevent his friends marrying her sister, and which must appear at least with equal force in his own case, was so incredible. But it was gratifying to have been inspired unconsciously so strong affection, but his pride, his shameful pride, which created an avowal of what he had done with respect to Jane, his unpardonable insurance in acknowledging, though he could not justify it, his cruelty towards whom he had not attempted to deny, soon overcame that the pity which the consideration of attachment had for a moment excitement. She continued to be very agitated till the sound of Lady Catherine's carriage made her feel how unequal she was to encounter Charlotte's observations and hurried her away to the room.